0: Good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. <coughs> to our members, thank you for being a part of our church. I just want to thank you and commend you for all the wonderful work that you have been doing here as of late. The Comfort Cafe, Vacation Bible, Other ministries that I'm probably failing to mention, thank you so much for your service and for all that you do. Uh, we love you and we're appreciative of your service to the kingdom here in this region. And to our visitors, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest. I don't know what brought you here this morning. Maybe you're here with Mama because she told you to be here this morning, or maybe you're just passing through, or maybe you're looking for a home church. Whatever the case is, we're so happy that you're here. And we want to let you know that you're always welcome here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ whenever the doors are open. And if you hadn't done it yet, like Aaron mentioned in the announcements, please take a card that is in the back of your pew Fill that out. We would love to have a record of your attendance so that we can just send you a thank you note in the mail and invite you back out here uh, whenever uh, you're available to attend. So uh, this morning, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but it is, it is Mother's Day, right? And, and today we are supposed to be celebrating our mamas and we have a special time to do that towards the end of the uh, the sermon this morning. So moms, I'm not going to make you just stand yet, and we're not going to clap for you just yet. We want this crescendo moment to happen, right? So just hang around a bit um, towards the, the end of the sermon, and we're going to do our best to celebrate you and to recognize you. I don't have a long sermon this morning because I know many of you are supposed to be taking your moms out to lunch and to dinner and all that good stuff, and I'm seeing some heads going, that's right, you <laughs> do that, so Uh, I'm not going to be too long this morning. But today is a special day in our country because, uh, as you know, it is Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is a tradition that is rooted in faith and obedience to the sixth command, which tells us to honor our fathers and mothers, right? And if it weren't for our mothers, where would we be? They are indeed heroes in our lives, special people, and many of us wouldn't be here today if it weren't for our mothers setting us straight. Amen? Wouldn't be here. Uh, I learned a reverence for the Lord from my mother, and my mother has been here a a couple of times to our church, but let me tell you how I learned this reverence of the Lord from my mother. Uh, We were church-going people growing up, And uh, my mom uh, used to make her six children, five at the time, sit in the front row uh, in front of her, and mom and dad would sit behind us. And why would she do that? So that she could monitor her children to make sure that they weren't acting up during service. Some of y'all do that. You know where I'm coming from. Amen. Amen. Well, Mom used to do that. We'd have to sit in the front row, and this was a time where we didn't have children's worship. We had to sit there for the entire sermon. I remember my brother and I getting so bored during the preaching. So what we would do for fun is we would count how many times the preacher would spit. Uh, during his lesson. And we had a preacher that used to spit a lot. So, So whenever the sermon started, me and my brother would sit there and we'd be like, that's one, that's two. And one Sunday, I don't know what was going on, but he spit a bunch of times and we were cracking up in so much that we just lost control. And we started laughing out loud. And what my mom would do is whenever we would cut up during the worship, she would take her finger and pinch me in the back of the arm right here I mean, and, and I think I still have a bruise today for my mom doing that all the times that she would, she would do it, right? Um, so I remember learning a reverence for God and about worship from my mother, which actually led me to becoming a preacher today. She taught me that worship is a serious thing and it's special, right? Moms teach us so much. The story goes that there was a young child who walked up to her mother and stared at her hair as her mom was washing the dishes, and the little girl cleared her throat, and she said, "Um, um, Mom, why do you have so many gray hairs? And the mom paused and looked at her daughter, and she said, Well, it's because every time you disobey me, I get a strand of gray hair. And the mother returned to her task of washing the dishes, and then the girl stood there and dug her toe in the ground, and she thought some more, and she said, Mom, is that why Grandma has all white hair then? Mothers are, are special. Mothers are special. However, I'm always mindful of Mother's Day from the context of, of thinking about women as a whole in our church. Many of you may have not grown up with mothers like, like I did and been blessed with a mom like, like many of us have. Many of you want to become mothers, but because of physical limitations, you may not be able to have a child. Many of you have had mothers that have just recently passed away, or maybe passed away many years ago, and maybe Mother's Day is difficult for you. The title of the sermon this morning is Wonder Women, Heroines of the Bible. Mike, go to this very first slide. I just want to look at this. We have supermoms. And we think they're very special, but instead of just thinking about moms, even though this is the day to celebrate moms, I want to talk about women as a whole in Scripture. And uh, like I said, the title of the message this morning is Wonder Women, Hero- Heroines of the, of, of the Bible. So I might go to this first slide. And what I want to do uh, today, uh, after setting the context with this first passage found in Ephesians chapter 6, 2, and 3, is talk about some women in Scripture that played a vital part uh, to kingdom work. But let's let's focus in on this verse this morning. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. And many of us can say amen to this verse. There's something about mom's advice. There's something about honoring mother and father, but mother in particular that blesses your life with longevity and blessings. But if we think about the context of women as a whole, just not focusing on mom, but women as a whole in the Scripture, we find that in the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about women and about how important they are. So this morning, I want to focus on that. might go to this next slide. When I think about many women in Scripture, I think about wonder women. Women that had extraordinary skill sets and abilities that God used in Scripture to change the very nature of what was going on at the time. So I've got three women that I want to talk about this morning that are often overlooked whenever we do Mother's Day or we celebrate women, right? Whenever we talk about women in church, we always go to Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman, or we go to Ephesians 6. Let's honor our fathers and mothers, but I want to look at a couple of women in Scripture that are often overlooked that I think are wonder women when it comes to the message of the cross. The first woman that I want to talk about this morning goes by the name of Jael. Have you ever heard of Jael? If you haven't, I want you to open your Bibles to Judges chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. Jael was a woman in Scripture that killed the most powerful general in the land. Mike, might go to this next slide. Let's look at this Scripture together And I'm going to set the context actually here before we get here. The story goes that the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. What else is new, right? They messed up, so God sold them to King Jabin. And King Jabin at the time was this terror to the children of Israel. And King Jabin actually had a commander of this army that he had by the name of Sisera. Cicero was this general patent figure, if you will. He was like an Ar- uh, army airborne uh, ranger. He was a really, really tough guy. We don't know what he looked like physically, but I can just imagine that this general, Cicero, was this commanding figure, strong and tough, and nobody was going to mess with him because he was the commanding general of King Jabin's army. And the Bible tells us in this text that, that King Jabin through Sisera, oppressed the Israelites for about 20 years. And then we get to verse number nine in Judges chapter four, and it says something very interesting. It says in verse number nine that a woman was actually going to deliver the children of Israel from the hands of Sisera. And this is a very interesting principle and concept to think about. This general this commanding officer, this strong, powerful, tough, hardened man was going to be delivered or killed, if you will, by the hands of a stay-at-home housewife. Just think about the juxtaposition of that. It's very interesting, right? But to me and to many of us that, that, that grew up with mothers and we are married, we know that there is nothing like your mama getting mad, right? <laughs> Am I right? Amen? Amen. When mama gets dad, dad gets mad, we're used to it, right? It's okay, it happens with dad. But when mom gets mad, every I remember we would find the closest uh shelter, get away, because it's it's tough. You ever had a lady mad at you before, fellas? You remember it, don't you? So I find it no secret that Deborah, this prophetess, says that. This woman, this, this house mom, was going to take out this general, this tough man. So we get to Judges chapter 4, and we see the text. Let's read it together. Um, Sisera was fleeing from uh, the Lord's army and found his way to the home of Jael. And here's what happened. She opened a skin of milk and gave, it to, uh, gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told Jael. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here, you say no. Can you just imagine what was going on in this story? Cicera is now fleeing, finds the home of Jael, this stay-at-home house mom, if you will, goes into her tent and says, give me some food, give me some water, and I want you to hide me. And I wonder what this mom was thinking or this, this wife was thinking General Patton, if you will, this tough military man is now in my home. I better take instruction from him. But she had a different thought process going on in her mind. So as we continue on in the text, but Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly into him. And while he lay fast asleep, exhausted, she drove the peg through uh, through his temple into the ground, and he died. I mean, just... This is one of the most awkward stories in Scripture ever. This general shows up uh, fleeing for his life, enters into this this tent, uh, and I wonder if she had flowers around and incense burning and maybe something cooking on the stove, and he goes in there and he says, give me something to eat and a drink, and he lays down and he never wakes up. That's because Jael took his life by taking a tent peg and a hammer and smashing him in the temple. What a <laughs> crazy story. But God used Jael as a Wonder Woman-type figure, and what happens is Jael eventually frees the uh, uh, Israelites from the oppression of Sisera and King Jabin. And what I love about this story so much is that God uses women all the time in Scripture to carry out His will. Women are vitally important to the kingdom of God. Amen? But often, oftentimes, women are looked down and marginalized and oppressed as if they are not that special or not that important. This is a man's world. But as we look at Scripture, there are so many powerful Women in Scripture that did amazing things for the Lord that I think we ought to celebrate. Women are special, special people, and God uses them often. I want to look at another passage of Scripture found in Exodus chapter 1. I'm almost done here. Verses 15 through 18. There were two midwives by the name of Shifra and Puah who actually did something very profound in Scripture. They stopped genocide from happening. Just think about this. First lady that we read about, Jael, took out a general of the commanding army of King Jabin. The second people that we're talking about were midwives that stopped genocide. These are women here. Story goes that uh, a new king was in power in Egypt that didn't know Joseph. And you guys know the history in the Bible. Joseph was sold into uh, captivity, rose to power in Egypt, brought his family back. They grew in number, and Joseph was this famous figure in Egypt, but then Joseph passed away, Uh, his story along with it passed away, and now there's this king in Egypt that arose to power that did not know the Joseph story, and all he saw was the Israelites growing in number. And what he said to the midwives, the Hebrew midwives, uh, Shifra and Puah, was to kill all the boys that were being born and let the girls live. And as we pick up in Scripture, let's look at it in verse number 15. The king of Egypt said to Hebrew midwives, whose names were Sifra and Puah, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do uh, what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live. So, what I love about this text so much is that these midwives, these humble women, <laughs> did something that was so profound. They went against the king's order and did not kill those boys. And the king called them and they said, We're not going to follow you. We're going to follow the Lord. Now, I don't know about you. If I was in this situation and the king of Egypt had told me to do something, I may have just, for, for reason of fear, obeyed. But Sifra and Pua said, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to stand up to the injustice and the genocide that is taking place. I love this text because, again, what we see is we see powerful wonder women in Scripture that stood up for justice and lived for the Lord. And as a result, they were blessed. They feared God more than the king. They didn't follow his command. And then they go on and they lied to the, to the king. Uh, later on in the text, they say, you know what? Uh, we couldn't get there in time. The birth had already occurred, so, so we couldn't do anything about it. And then the Bible says that the Lord ended up blessing them with families of their own. Powerful women in Scripture that we often overlook, right? Sifra and Pua stood up to the genocide. And as I think about history, I think God is happy when we stand up for injustice, amen? God is pleased when we have enough backbone and grit to stand up for something that's wrong. But oftentimes when I read Scripture, it's women that have that grit and that backbone. Did you notice that throughout Scripture? These wonder women. I see a lot of women standing up for justice throughout history and doing what was right, and as a result, they were blessed because of it. We ought to celebrate our women more often, amen. Without them, where would we be? Last story I want to look at, and then we'll be done this morning, is the story of Lydia which is in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. You guys probably know this story very well, the story of Lydia in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. The story goes, Paul was uh, conducting his missionary journeys, and he brought a companion with him by the name of Silas. And as he was going about his daily routine of trying to convert and preach and teach the gospel, the Bible says that he had a Macedonian call, right? Right? So in this Macedonian call, we see uh, Paul and Silas actually traveling to Philippi. And as they were in Philippi, the Bible says that Paul and Silas were looking for a place of prayer or a meeting. And these men, I wonder what was going through their mind. Paul and Silas had this amazing calling story, right? Macedonian call and I'm wondering if they're in mind they're saying you know what we're about to go convert a king somebody with a lot of money uh, somebody with a lot of power but what they find when they go to Philippi is they go down to the river and they see people on the lowest totem pole of society women so Paul and Silas go out there and let's pick up in verse number 14 They were talking to these women and preaching to them. And one of those listening was named Lydia, a dealer of purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. She persuaded us. Again, I'm wondering what, what Paul was thinking when he got this powerful, powerful Macedonian call. There's got to be some people of significance and importance that we're getting ready to go preach to and convert. But what we see down at the river is women, and they're talking, and they're praying, and the Bible says Lydia's heart was open. Now, what's so special about Lydia? Well, first of all, from the text, we can tell that Lydia was an educated businesswoman, business savvy. And she was a seller of purple, and I wonder if she had a, big, a booming business at the time. Um, and what we hear is her being receptive to the gospel, and then she allowed these strangers to come stay, into her home, stay at her home. That, that, that's profound in and of itself. And many people say, well, in order for strangers to come into women's home at the time, the husband or the father had to welcome them. So many commentators say, well, Lydia must have been a widow. But whatever the case is, she had enough courage and enough strength to welcome these men into her home that were of this new religion. And she heard them and their household was receptive to the gospel. And if you know anything about the story of Lydia, we know that she became the first convert to Christianity in Europe, the very first in the region of modern day Turkey. And many scholars and commentators say there are many churches established now because of the courage of Lydia. Many Christians in that region now because of this wonder woman. So this morning, all I'm saying, Brian, this morning, all I'm saying is that we ought to celebrate our women in Scripture. Not only our moms today, but as we look at this story and we look at this context, there are many women that did some amazing, powerful things for the Lord that ought to be celebrated. But oftentimes in our culture, in our society, here's what we do to women. Stay over there. Stay down. This is a man's world. You're not that important. Well, don't you love that God came to restore that and fix that? God says in, in Christ's There's neither male nor female. Everybody's on the same playing field. We have different roles, but everybody's the same, and everybody is just as important. I think it's no secret that many of our churches today are filled with women, and they're filled with women because typically women are the faithful ones. It's us hard-headed men that have trouble coming to church, don't we? Thank the Lord for our women. Thank you so much, ladies at our church, for all that you do, because without you, we wouldn't have a church. So God is using you, and I just want to celebrate you today. And for our mothers, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You are so special and so vitally important to the kingdom of God in your family's life and in this region, in this country, in this world. So thank you so much for your service. So at this point in time, Brian Fouch is going to grab our children from out of their um their uh, Bible school classes, and they're going to bring them in, and we're going to celebrate our moms uh, this morning for all that you do. Um, So we're going to have a song of invitation really quickly, and we'll come up and do that. And then after that, I want you to just sit tight for a minute because we want to make sure that we celebrate our moms. Uh, So whatever your needs or concerns are, you can come at this time. You can meet with me after, but won't you come together while we stand and sing?